This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, Buck Nuggers. It is Tuesday, January 12th, 2021. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change, the day after Deconstruction Pod. We are joined by Dwayne Long. Dwayne, last night, Ohio State fell to Alabama 52-24 to in Miami. The game was close briefly. Ohio State had a chance near the goal line to tie it at 21. And after that, it was pretty much a runaway. Devontae Smith, wide receiver for Alabama and Heisman Trophy winner, had arguably the greatest half an opponent of Ohio State has ever had, securing the MVP trophy with just two quarters of work and 215 receiving yards. I've got my own thoughts about it, Dwayne, but as you look back on last night, what's your general vibe on why things didn't go well? Well, I mean, we, we worried about this going into the season. We, we lost so many people in the secondary. And over the last few years, we've been very happy, very proud to, you know, that we're uh, getting all these uh, uh, elite cornerbacks in the NFL. And, you know, that, well, it brings more in. Well, not, we just don't have a defensive backfield is just, it was a mess. It was a mess. We thought there was going to be problems and we finally got badly exposed. You know, we thought we were going to, it was going to happen versus Trevor Lawrence and, and Mac Jones is a better quarterback than I thought he was. Um, but he's not Trevor Lawrence, but the defensive line was there uh, in, in last week's game. This year, this week, Mac Jones uh, didn't get touched unless he was running a ball. Uh, we got, we got, we really got hurt. If you go back, there are a couple of um, condensed versions of the Clemson game that I've seen on YouTube. One is seven minutes, one's nine minutes, and you really get the impact of how uh, how much Tyreek Smith made. Trevor Lawrence uncomfortable. He was very active. He was getting, he was coming through regularly. Tommy Togiai may be the best pass rushing defensive tackle in the country. We don't have those guys and we just could not find pressure. And that's when it finally burst. Everything went wrong. Defensive line wasn't getting there. We were playing against the best receiver in the country, the best football player in the country and uh, a superior offensive mind he was finding all kinds of ways to get smith in in situations where it was a mismatch where he was going to be open uh the closest thing to smith all night was green i mean he just he was getting wide open 
and he absolutely killed us. And, you know, that, that just was going to happen with this defensive backfield. It just, uh, uh, it was finally the right combination of things that, that really put them in a spotlight and it, it was not a good spotlight. Finally being the key word there, because as you mentioned, Clemson's passing game was during the season statistically almost equal to Alabama's. I think when you see the personnel lined up and then you see Steve Sarkeesian's plan, I mean, Texas fans have to be ecstatic about Sarkeesian. However, he's not bringing Devontae Smith, people. Smith, and I sent you this last night, being a high school football reporter, it reminded me a town has a Division One elite receiver and he's being guarded by future accountants and lawyers, and there's just nothing you can do. Everybody knows he's getting the ball. You just don't expect that to happen in a college football game, you know, future pros. But Sean Wade did not have a good game. Seven Banks did not have a good game. The secondary, it's hard to say it was in shambles when it got this far, but I think what you mentioned about the defensive line was so key. They were just so depleted. You know, like you mentioned, Tyreek Smith, I told people during the week when the rumors were out about Tommy Togiai that I really didn't think they could win this game without him. I could make a strong argument. He was the defensive MVP. Not only that, the only possible weakness Alabama had on the offensive line was at center, and we were just not able to exploit that. What do you think about the offense's performance? Well, it, it sputtered. There was there was times when it looked like, uh, you know, especially early on, it's like we're both it's going to be who's got the ball last the way this is going and then it just started to uh started to unravel i you know i mentioned in my game review i do not understand why we do not exploit things like throwing underneath we just don't do it last night we threw one screen pass it was a bad ball by fields if you look they showed an angle where you could see what was in front of of uh, Teague, he had three blockers and there was some green in front of him. What could have come out of that play? I don't know. Fields made a bad throw. Uh, uh, Teague couldn't hang on to it. We never went back to that play. We don't throw to the backs. We don't throw screen passes. We don't do anything to to take away the uh, uh, to uh, exploit the underneath routes. It, it's just I don't understand it. And it's not just Ryan Day. Uh, uh, Urban Meyer would not do that. Not not throw to the tight end. Uh, Jim Trestle did not throw to the tight end. Did not throw underneath. Did not throw uh, screen passes. I don't know why Ohio State will not do these things. I understand you want to get we're getting these elite athletes go down the field to them. Yeah, but <laughs> they're taking advantage of the fact that we're not we're not exploiting all areas of the field. I think that that is a is a real big problem. I don't know why we won't, but uh, I think it hurt last night. <laughs> we just weren't sharp for the entire game. And, you know, we knew we had to be, Dan. We just, well, the, the defensive backfield was just always suspect. There was going to be points scored. We needed to score points too. And, uh, you know, 24 points, it's enough to win a football game. It's enough to win a championship game. But, you know, it just couldn't keep, keep them from scoring. It really goes back to that. Offense didn't play great, but they played well enough to win. Defense did not. Wow. It was just, you know, watching what Smith was doing 
it was I, I really couldn't believe it. I was like, how can this guy continue? He's killing us. Do whatever it takes to make sure the guy who is winning the game for him doesn't win the game for him. He, he showed that he can. Let's make somebody else show they can win a football game. Make sure. I would have played zone against him more because what he was just like the one pattern he kept running. He would start one way, then cut, cut back the other way. Dan, before the play got started, he'd already created space by doing that. That's what Sarkeesian was doing. Get him in there where he, he's going to be open. If you got a zone in there, well, guess what? Somebody is, there's a better chance somebody's going to be standing there waiting on him. Just having guys follow him all over the field made no sense to me whatsoever. They were, not, it was highly ineffective. 200 yards worth of ineffective. In so, the first half. Yeah, and, and that happened in one half. You know, I, I just did not understand how we, we defensed him. Bracket the kid. Do something where he is not killing you. He gets the ball. He makes things happen. And Alabama said, yeah, we're going to get him the football. What did he have, 12 or 14 catches? I think in the first half, I think he I had 12. It was 11, but it's a, it's a ridiculous number regardless. Yeah, a ridiculous number either way. And we just never did anything to adjust to the fact that Sarkeesian said, we got this guy and we're going to throw him the football and you got to stop him until you do. We're going to keep doing it. And that's what happened. Yeah, but I'm not totally sure they were able to. I mean, even in there were sometimes they had him covered and he still he still beat those guys. He's just too good. They needed to. uh to match them on offense, and I'm going to disagree. I didn't think the offense was sharp at all. I don't think Justin Fields played particularly well. Uh, I'm not sure how injured he is. Overall, I think once Trey Sermon went out, it became a much steeper hill to climb. You know, you consider Mayan Williams wasn't there either. I think he may have gotten some carries. Marcus Crowley had to be dusted off for this game. And, you know, uh, Master Teague is a nice back. To me, he's a second back. He's just not elusive enough. He's really not a threat in the passing game. So we'll get to what's going to go on at running back in the second part of the show here. But I thought the offense was generally lackluster after a decent start. But um, once it became clear, they just could not keep up with Alabama. It was just a matter of time. And even when Smith went out, I didn't get the sense that Ohio State was going to be able to limit them. Do you think it was a scheme issue? Or you went on the zone. Ohio State was playing a lot of linebackers. It wasn't like they had some stud corners to put in there. They were kind of playing out of necessity, personnel-wise, I thought. Oh, yeah. well, we, we've discovered that. That's, that's what I'm saying. We have been concerned about this all year. We just don't have the defensive backfield. I don't know. I, I tell you what, I keep looking – when they show replays, they, they tend to give you an idea of what's going more better in the defensive backfield. And guys make a bad decisions. It's just, you know, why did you do that? I've been saying that all year when looking at the defensive backfield. Why did you make that decision? So we've either got – we're not getting coached well enough or these guys are just not uh, real football smart because they're just continue – to do things like uh, one player in particular, the touchdown pass where it looks like uh, uh, tough Borland is just, he's gotten beat badly 
by uh, by Smith. And and you know, my first thought is, if your middle linebacker is chasing a receiver down the middle of the field, twenty yards off the line of scrimmage, I don't care. There's no been no linebacker in history that's going to uh, look any better than Borland did in that situation. What happened? Williamson decides to there are two receivers on the other side there were guys in good position on them he decides to rotate that way and opens up that side of the field there was nobody over there because Williamson who was who was uh the last line of defense on that play decided to go where the two receivers were that there was already two guys covering them they were in good position to to uh defend against the a pass Williamson makes the decision to go over that direction and there's Smith with nothing but green in front of him and, and Borland behind him. It just, and, and we did this all season, Dan, if you go back and look at games and you get an opportunity to look at what our defensive backfield was doing, uh, Indiana is another good one to watch. Um, you say, why did he make that decision? The, why did a defensive back do that? And this many times, okay, you're going to get beat every now and then. But, uh, you know, this much, it happened all season. Last year was LSU's offense that was the best of all time. Now people are saying Alabama's offense was the best of all time. Ohio State, I have no doubt, will be in position to get back here next year. What's it going to take for someone to beat one of these offenses, and is it possible? Well, I think, I think that, you know, we're in a different era, and, and scoring a lot of points – is is just that's what's going on that's there that's where the game is it's so pass oriented so open up the field and get the ball to elite athletes it's just the way it is uh the only thing that i can say is defensively the one thing i would absolutely focus on is getting to the quarterback and last year we had that opportunity this year has been spotty uh, you know, I, I really think that we missed uh, Smith and Togiai badly. Uh, I, I kept looking at Harrison and he get he just doesn't he just was not effective. Leatherwood completely handled him. He got through a couple of times and for the most part was was relatively ineffective. But I think that's the only way to go in a future. Uh, mix a few more blitzes in. We don't blitz much at all. We did we did some last night. Uh, they they were doing a really good job of picking it up. Uh, you know, again we come back to that as uh, the defensive backfield looking like this. Uh, we're really not surprised, are we? I don't think anybody out there listening to this was surprised that the defensive backfield was gonna <laughs> that this could happen. What we the, the getting to the quarterback has been essential, and we didn't do it last night. And fifty-two points went up on the board. I think you can beat one of these teams. Obviously, you're going to have to have a potent offense. I don't think that was an issue with Ohio State. I think you need to be able to rush the quarterback without blitzing because taking the man out of coverage does not work. And I think you need to be able to rush the passer from both sides, meaning I think you need a top 10 level pass rusher on both sides. To that end, I think you also need an elite guy in the middle. JT Tuomolau fits the bill there, by the way. All right, we're going to take a quick break, come back, talk personnel for 2021. 
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, we are back. Here's what you know for sure. Next year's team is going to be very good, and it's going to look a lot different. Dwayne, I wrote down where I expect to see changes in personnel. On the offense, quarterback, left tackle, center, right guard, wide receiver one, tight end, and running back one. On the defensive line, all four spots, two linebacker spots at least, if not three, and one corner spot. Let's start with the offense. What is your general vibe? Well, I think quarterback is is not decided yet, but it looks like Stroud has the edge. Uh, he's just, uh, for one thing, he's more mobile, but that also could be just the thing of, of um, Day saying, you know what, uh, if you're in there, you're too young, we don't need you out there making decisions yet in a, in a game situation. Um, I'm going to put the more mobile guy out there because if something breaks down, if the, the play blows up, just take off. That's I believe that that's a possibility that it is not about who's the better passer at this point. I think that's still undecided. Um, if, if uh, with a gun to my head, I'd say Stroud just because he's been the, been the one that seems to be coming out earliest but we'll see i've always believed miller could throw the ball with anybody out there in his class well uh, you know i think that's just way too undecided i'm not convinced that either one of them is already been anointed i wouldn't anoint i'd want those guys to play until the last snap of spring before i made a decision and maybe even into fall it's going to be probably the most open quarterback competition that they've had in years We've got really no one with any real experience coming back. The talent is there, but that's definitely going to be one to watch. Interesting. They're going to give Kyle McCord, the freshman, a chance too. It'd be surprising to see him be able to pass up guys who have been here for a while, but it's truly an open competition and an interesting one at that. How about running back? You know what, Dan? I could see the the a completely different uh, running back room. We're looking at, well, Sermon's going to be gone. And I, I agree with you. He's Teague is a change of pace back. A guy, you know, when you come in and you want to pound it, he's just he just does not appear to have vision, and he does not have any any. He's not a make a miss to make a pay. It's just hit the hole, hit it hard, and and maybe outrun the defense. And he can do that, but that's just it's just not <laughs> it's not good enough. It's not enough. We've got a really great back coming in and Crowley or excuse me and Henderson and, and Crowley apparently is back. Uh, and I thought that there was a chance he could be the one to shake up the depth chart this year until he got hurt again. Well, now he's healthy and I like that he's healthy this early. So, uh, you know, we won't have to worry about him playing in spring. We can get him out there. Uh, but Henderson is, I believe a game changer, I don't know what in the world is going on with uh, Steel Chambers. He is now Crowley's ahead of him too. 
I mean, I know he missed one of the recent games because of COVID, but he hasn't played. Mayan Williams has come in. There's been a couple of times. Is he injured? We'll never know because, uh, you know, uh, Ryan Day has everything but hit teams out there to, to take people out for uh, uh, letting out uh, injury news. I don't know. But he just seems to have disappeared off the depth chart. Yeah, there's nothing coaches hate more than fumbling. And apparently he was fumbling in practice, too. So clearly usurped on the depth chart. I liked him better as a linebacker coming out of high school. Uh, throw him over there if, if, you know, if he doesn't want to transfer. But I don't know where he fits in the depth chart. And you say, well, he's a good back. Well, if he's fumbling, that's just not going to work. That's No, it's just not. So whether he's good enough, if he can't hang on to the ball, well, that's just the end of it. He, you know, he's just not going to play. But I, I think the running back room gets blown up. I think Teague, we accept the reality of what Teague is. Uh, Crowley, I really loved him coming out of high school. I think that he and Henderson are really going to cause uh, uh, Teague and Steel Chambers problems if Chambers is still with us and Mayan Williams. Those guys are just another level of talent. And running back is a one position where – early backs can they can just come in and it's uh, obviously the speed of the game is different you're going against bigger stronger faster guys but it's still picking the hole reading it and hitting it and and uh that is something these guys are just they're just better at and and they can do it at a young age so i could see i i'm not going to be surprised at all if our pecking order is is Anderson and Crowley and then whatever after that. Crowley, I, I I was also a big fan of his. Let's see what he's like when he's had an extended period of health and a nice offseason where he's not rehabbing. We saw what happened with Trey Sermon when he got fully healthy. Running backs can look totally different, and Crowley had a ton of potential. I would agree also that Travion Henderson is just a different level of back He's the most talented guy they'll have in the backfield since Zeke. Don't forget, they also got Evan Pryor out of North Carolina, the fourth-rated back in the country. Talent won't be an issue. I don't know what they'll do with Master Teague. I wonder if they'll let him be the incumbent and force the guys to beat him out, or he may just go to the pros. You never know. Offensive line. Thayer Mumford made himself a boatload of cash this year. He's going to get drafted very high, I would say. Hopefully in the, by the third round, then you've got Josh Myers and Wyatt Davis. We expect them to leave. Nicholas Petit Frere had a very good season at right tackle. Terry Miller, Matthew Jones, who got some burn at left guard. How do you see the offensive line shaping up next year? Paris Johnson even got some snaps at guard. I don't think they're going to move Petit Frere. I think they're just going to say leave well enough alone. He's playing so very well. Yes, he could play left tackle. There's no doubt in my mind. I don't think anybody doubts he can play left tackle, but he's done got established in there. He's playing really well. He's got his technique down. I think they leave him alone and put Paris Johnson in at left tackle. Uh, I I believe that that's that that's just what I would do if they want to flop it around. That's fine. I think those are going to be the tackles. I think that's just the way it is. I don't believe Josh Myers is going to go. He could. I don't. I thought he was a better center last year, actually. 
uh, maybe with with you know him being a uh, uh, Jackson, uh, Jonah Jackson last year really helped him. Uh, that veteran leadership. Yeah, I I don't think he's going, Dan. I, I think he could, but I think he'd be better off to come back. If he leaves, it's going to be it's obviously going to be Harry Miller, but we don't have to worry about guard because I thought that uh, I don't know how you could disagree with this that Matthew Jones was, was played better guard than than Harry Miller did, and I think that's why they left him in there. Those two are going to be in there, okay? It, it just does not whether Josh Myers is there between them. We'll see. I think he's going to be. If he's not, Harry Miller moves in there. And the way Max Ray played, you know, there's always this talk about the five best are going to play. Well, Max Ray, when he spelled Petit Ferrer, he sure looked like one of the five best. Push him inside, let him play guard. That's that's something that uh, uh, I would I would think I would look at it that way. And just to get the five best on the field, he's big enough to play inside a guard. So let's let's see what happens with that. That's what that's who I would look at right there. Dewan Jones, arguably the biggest human being in Ohio, will also be in contention for a spot. They're bringing in Donovan Jackson, who's probably the best guard in the country out of Texas. So talent will not be an issue up front. Experience will be the newest challenge. All right, wide receivers, pretty easy. I think Garrett Wilson will move into the number one spot and do just fine. Uh, Jackson Smith and the Jigba will have an increased role. Julian Fleming will have an increased role. Jamison Williams will have an increased role. G. Scott should get some burn. They've got a freshman coming in, Emeka Egbuka, who's spectacular. Wide receiver will be loaded once again. Tight end is interesting, Dwayne. They're likely to lose virtually everybody. Ruckert, who is going to be a better pro than he was in college. Luke Farrell, who's I feel like has been here for a decade. What's your vibe on tight end? It's going to get real interesting if Ruckert decides to leave. I think that it's just uh, an accepted fact amongst Buckeyes that Buckeye tight ends go to the NFL. And that's because they're excellent blockers. And that's something that, that uh, NFL, they just don't want to teach a, a kid to block once he gets to the NFL. Well, it just, that just makes sense. Well, if, if Rucker goes, wow, does it get, get interesting? I mean, who does step in there? Royer? He just doesn't strike me as, a, as an inline blocking kid. Uh, more of an uh, H-back type. <laughs> that one is just, it's, that's a toss-up. We got, we got a few kids coming in. Who knows who's going to be uh, our, our tight end it's if, if uh, Rucker decides to leave early. I don't think he's going to, but, uh, you know, it's not like a, a tight end in our uh, system is going to, put up numbers that are going to change his draft status, Dan. That's why, I, you know, when you said that, I was like, yeah, that's why Dan's saying that because uh, statistically it's not going to, it's not like he's going to have a better senior year than he did in a junior year. We, we just don't throw the ball to the tight end. So um, yeah, that's, that's a scary proposition. Probably the scariest um, outside of replacing a quarterback is that we're not we want to have uh, uh, good tight ends. We keep recruiting them even though we don't really use them. That's going to be a big one. Is is who's going to play tight end if Rucker leaves? 
Yeah, we can't even attempt to do the defense because there are so many spots. I think what we should just probably do is talk about a defensive lineman, a linebacker, and a defensive back, one of each. Well, uh, the the big fear for me is is uh, Togi I going early, and there is no question he could be a guy that uh, I can't see him getting beyond the second round. So the the appeal of going pro, he may decide to go ahead and do that. That's I'd say that uh, the odds are in favor. I'm not saying he's definitely. Uh, I definitely think he's going to leave. I think he could. That would be a big concern. Antoine Jackson, he wasn't what we thought he would be, but he's been solid in there. He's a senior. He's going. Uh, Haskell Garrett's going. I, I was going to get to him. He's gone. Really got first-round grade written all over him. Vincent will be the one. Vincent is an excellent defensive tackle, but you need two. That's going to be a big deal is trying to find uh, a pair of tackles. I don't expect them to be as effective as Togi I and, and uh, Haskell Garrett were. I just don't. They were the best pair of defensive tackles I, I, I can remember. Who can come in there? <laughs> Tuamala. That's, that's, has, he's got to be at the top of the list, number one target player, period, over anybody that we brought in, even Egbuka. Egbuka was, is gravy. We've got such a deep receiving core. We need to restock a defensive tackle. Maybe a guy, you know, you, you don't like to throw freshman linemen in there. Mike Hall, I know you're a big fan. He's, you know, he's a he's already a 300 pound kid. Is he going to be able to come in there and help? Uh, let's hope, because we're going to be we're going to be looking for a tackle that can step in and play, Dan. Not a guy that can come in and help. We need a guy that's going to come in and start and play and be good. It's it's hugely important. And ends, I don't know what's going to happen to Dan. I mean, you got Tyreek Smith. He's he's got to be one of the starting defensive ends. I think that 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 Sawyer is going to be a, a kid that's going to come in and play. He's just too good. He's going to come in and help us. We got to find a way to get Harrison. Got to find a way to become more effective in there. When you say got to find a way. They already have the best defensive line coach walking planet Earth. If he hasn't gotten through to him yet in two years, I mean, maybe it's a thing where he's going to mature later on, but he just isn't what we expected. Oh, that's that's pretty obvious. Uh, Alex Leatherwood just handled him last night. And Alex Leatherwood is a great tackle, but he's it was not pretty. We're going to fill some holes. I really believe Jack Sawyer is that good that he can come in and have an immediate impact. Look, if they get to a mole out and you bring in Jack Sawyer and Mike Hall, I think that's enough raw talent to buttress what they have coming back to be very, very effective. You could make the argument if they get those three guys, it's the best defensive line haul in one class they've ever had. Well, you know, you got Gant. That's uh, Gant is an awfully good linebacker when he's allowed on the field. You know, we just have not played our younger linebackers that much. I, I hope we're going to be able to hold on to Pope. It seemed like he was really irritated here about a month ago, and I thought he was going to hit the portal, uh, but nothing more has come of that, and I hope he sticks around and and knows that he's going to play more next year and, and uh, quite likely start. Uh, so he and Gant come on the field. Then it's a matter of, of finding a guy to play in the middle, and, uh, well, well, we'll see. 
we'll see if, if we've got a guy who can step in and play a middle linebacker uh, better than Borland. That's that's what we need is somebody who's better than that. It was just too, he had a good senior year finally, but but when we needed him most, he just you know like last night. The one play, I'm telling you, wasn't his fault, but there were others, just like the swing pass to um, uh, to the running back. Uh, yeah, you know who I'm talking about. Najee Harris down, he scored. He, you know, that was Borland's guy, and he just wasn't athletic enough to get there. He's chasing him. He figured it out. He just did not have it to get out there and make a play on the kid. So, uh, you know, we're, we're going to upgrade there. Let's just be honest about it. Some people don't want to hear stuff like that. But the fact is, most of us realize that he just did not, you know, he was he called the defense and all this. Yeah, I understand. But he himself just did not. With a solid senior year, I'm happy for him. Uh, but, you know, getting a new guy in there. That needs needed to happen anyway. We're going to miss Warner. Warner was just so underrated uh and and uh, browning had a good senior year he played very well last night he had an impactful play highly impactful play uh and and hilliard who what linebackers playing better than hilliard down the stretch so and and he could decide to come back if he wasn't hadn't missed if he wasn't a six-year guy already i think that he would go ahead and take a six-year is he going to take a seventh I don't know. I he I think he could come back. He would absolutely be a starter. He would be outstanding. Fully healthy off season where he could hit the weights and really get in such immensely good uh, uh, condition and then have a good spring. I, I think he could benefit greatly about it. But looking at his age, he may decide to go. I think Reed Carrico can come in here and, and have an early impact. He is, he's, he's got an inside linebacker body. If he can come in and, and, and learn the system quickly, he's an impact player. The aforementioned secondary, I have no idea what's going to go on. What I saw from seven banks last night concerns me for the future. I'm sure he will return as the incumbent. Sean Wade will go at safety. Who knows? Josh Proctor seems to be there. I like his aggression. Technique-wise, I'm not sold. Where do they go in the secondary? Uh, well, um, I think that you're going to see the guys that we brought in last year, like Legend Cavajos, finally get, uh, you know, we, you've heard it too, Dan. I know you have. A staff have heard it that he has been, He's had some injury situations that have kept him from from stepping in there. Very high on him, though, and they're also very high on Ryan Watts. Yeah, I loved Ryan Watts. I loved Ryan Watts coming out of high school. So, you know, throw them in there, see what they got. We've got a history of throwing cornerbacks on the football field and uh, trial by fire, son. You got to sink or swim. Trial by fire. Our current secondary is uh, still ablaze. <laughs> There's no question about that. And I too have, you know, there you, you see Banks making a play here and there, but he was just turned and twisted all night last night. 
he got turned and and just you know and Williamson's coming back and Williamson is a kid that just continue I keep re-watching him make bad decisions all of them are making bad decisions but <laughs> Williamson seems to be the one who just does not read the game well enough and he does stuff that you're like this guy's running open. Why are you over here? We saw it really bad in the Indiana game with him. Uh, and, and like Proctor, last night, first series, first time Smith touches the ball, they throw, they throw uh, uh, a slip screen. And Proctor sees it. He makes his move, but he tries to run underneath, Dan. He, he makes him the right read, run underneath, you know, this isn't Northwestern. This is Alabama. This is the best player in the country. You're going to run underneath and catch him from behind? No, you're not. So what's he do? He gets outside the 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 uh, other defensive backs had stood up the receivers that were trying to block them, and it was just Proctor. You make the the right decision. We stop this play. What happens? He comes underneath instead of going wide, and lets them get about twenty yards. First time he touched the ball. Just <laughs> not good decision makers. We need to get these guys coached up or find some other guys that read the game better, especially at safety. Safeties have got to – first thing they've got to do is see it and then make a, a good decision. And our safeties, game in and game out, have made bad decisions. You know, we, we haven't seen Hooker for a while. I don't think he was on the COVID list. I, I don't remember seeing his name. But that was the good thing. I'd like to see Latham, uh, Latham Ransom back there. He has looked really good when he's been been in there. Let him play. We'll still work with Proctor because he does a lot of good things, and then he does bad things. But <clears throat> there, you know, he's workable. He's got some talent. He does read it pretty well. But him in there with Ransom, I'll run with that. I believe that we're going to see Jacalyn Johnson. Uh, and Jordan Hancock, th- those guys are another level. They're really another level of cornerback. That's what we're used to bringing in here and and putting out uh, early entry first-round draft picks. Those are the kind of talents. They're going to get thrown in there. Dan, you have to believe that the, co- that the coaches see we're not good enough in the secondary. Somebody's going to come in here with a quarterback that can throw the football with uh, some decent receivers, and we we saw that with Indiana, that it doesn't it didn't take uh, a Trevor Lawrence or a Mac Jones to exploit our defensive backfield, and it didn't take uh, uh, a a Smith to beat our defensive backs when Indiana came in here and threw the ball all over the ballpark. That is, we they've got to see that we've got to be better in the defensive backfield. So I believe throw them guys in there. I'd much rather see freshmen making mistakes than veterans making mistakes. Throw those guys in there. They, they're elite talents. Bring them in here and, and uh, let's uh, upgrade this defensive backfield again. If you made it through the whole show, you're a true bucknutter. And I realize there was a lot of doom and gloom there. But as I said on yesterday's show, before the game, It has been a miraculous ride. Basically, five months ago yesterday, the season was canceled, and Ohio State still made it to the final game. Yes, Alabama proved supreme, but 
This team will be remembered as the team that slayed the Dabo demon and the Clemson demon. And it was very, very important. I think the further we get away from this loss, we will also appreciate that win a little bit more. We are going to have the most comprehensive preview and coverage of the season ahead you can get. We appreciate Dwayne stopping by. Have a good one, Bucknutters. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.